Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Welcome to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast that's been broadcast between Christmas and New Year's Day. Oh, very good. <laughs> the jingle bells, Batman smells. Robin ran away. <laughs> Do you know what? You almost brought the podcast up to high levels and then Chris just dragged it I know, I know, I know. I want PRS on that, obviously. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. My name's David Lloyd. I've been joined by Chris Bird and producer Tom O'Tom Morris, and we're here for for another one and a festive financial well-being podcast to fill in that awkward gap between Christmas and New Year when you don't know quite what to do with yourself. <laughs> uh, I just like to offer a Merry Christmas bud to all our listeners. <laughs> Merry Christmas bud, not something we see very often. You usually take life so seriously. Yeah, well, we've had a you know a couple of early sherries today, haven't we? So we have indeed. Yes, we're having having a good time. Sitting back, actually, and 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 as we always do at this time of year, reminiscing a little bit, looking back. Uh, over the last year. Chris, you any thoughts on, on 2018 before it disappears over the horizon? Do you know what, David? I look back on the year and I think to myself, I've had quite a year. I've sold a business, started another business, published a book, The Eternal Business, launched an online programme, seen the cricket section that I set up flourish and no longer need me. And as I sit here looking back, I realise I'm knackered. <laughs> It's been quite a year. Tomo, what about you? Oh, how can I follow that? Well, you can't really. <laughs> I mean, he's blown you out of the water, I know, mate. I know. Well, I've become an owner of a business, mm-hmm. which we all know with the link of, of Chris's selling. I continue to be a father who's trying to work it out with a toddler, and that's been very interesting. But no, really enjoyed this year. Uh, had some more responsibility handed to me at Ovation, and it, I'm really enjoying it. And I think uh, he's being a bit modest there. He's also stepped up to do some financial controllery type stuff within the company, and he's doing brilliantly. So, an early tight ass Tomo tip hire tight ass Tomo to be your finance man. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, what I've about had, you, David? Yeah, so I've had an up and down year, largely up, a few little downs here and there, but largely it's been a good year. Work continues to go quite well, still writing for doctors. I've got to be really careful what I say about this, but I've, I'm, I'm hoping for some good news on another work front as well. And oh, exciting. I, yeah, I know, I know. And, um, Is Spielberg finally got back to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite at that level, but um, I, I've got a meeting, uh, well, at the end of January it will be now, with some producers who are very interesting, interested on picking up on a project that I've been working on with a couple of other people for a year or two now. Um, and and if that all happens, then actually 2019 could be a very exciting and wow. potentially lucrative year for me well, as well. Well, if that doesn't get listeners coming back to future podcasts, I don't know what will. Exactly. But I, I, at this stage, I can't really say that much more about it. So, so I end this year looking back and thinking, well, actually, in some ways, it's been a, well, a difficult year on occasion, actually. But I think it's full of optimism and hope for the next one. Great. stuff. What a lovely Great. note to strike for the Christmas special. Right, so what are we going to do, Chris, apart from sitting around and drinking eggnog? You, you want more than that? Oh, OK. <laughs> well, we've got a, a few things. We've got some fun and games, and I've also got a genuine bona fide rock star. Oh, wow. Who, who, who? Is uh, it Mick Jagger? <laughs> David Bowie? Oh, no, that would be a bit different. That, that would be quite a That would be a scoop, <laughs> wouldn't it? Um, no, it's a guy called Tim Elsenberg from a band called Sweet Billy Pilgrim, who I call a bona fide rock star because they were nominated for a Mercury Award a few years ago, and you've got a be proper to be you know to oh be... absolutely well at mercury what interestingly even to this very day whoever wins the mercury prize i always go out and buy their cd and often increasingly often i've never heard of who it is <laughs> but i always think well if they are considered to be 
kind of at the cutting edge. There's got to be something. And how often do you like them? Well, more often than not, I would say. I remember quite a few years ago now, actually, Alt J, for example, won the Mercury Prize. I'd never heard of Alt J at all. I thought, well, I got, and I absolutely love their music as a result. So you do sometimes. Uh, Stormzy was another one as well. Uh, I'm definitely not in his target demographic. I can't <laughs> imagine you saying that. I know. It's a UK crime. <laughs> I know. Well, it's well clearly it's not. And, and but, but bits of it I really really like. And I think you know if you you have to have an open mind mm, and you yeah. have to sometimes just yeah. you know. And, and you find out new stuff that way. However, I have to say, given that they didn't win the Mercury Prize, <laughs> I've never heard of them. <laughs> so they did an album a couple of years ago called Motorcade Amnesiac, which is absolute genius. I'm going to have a little short chat with him, um, just a bit of fun, and then we'll, uh, we'll have one of their songs that we'll, we'll finish off the podcast. Brilliant. So we now move on to the much-loved festive tip that it's going to be this year. Tight-ass Tomo, just remind you, very briefly... Many years ago now, yeah, I'm fed up you. telling this story, but it's for new viewers that may not appreciate it. Tomo took uh, Chris and a colleague, Ian, out to lunch, said, it's on me, don't worry, it's my treat. It, he, he steered them in the direction of a particular meal for which it turned out he had a voucher that meant he got an awful lot of money off. Everyone acknowledged the food was absolutely fantastic, but in fact, Tomo got it really, really cheap. Yeah. Out of that brilliant piece of entrepreneurship, the legend that is... Titus Tomo was well, born. Actually, there have been quite a lot of other instances since. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, a trend. Yeah. So, what's your festive Titus Tomo tip then? Well, we're going to do something a bit different today, and I'm going to open up with my first tip, but then we're going to use this said tip to help us find some more. Oh, intriguing! Titus Tomo tips. So, I thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be good? if we could have some crackers that had Titas Tomo tips in them. Uh-huh. But I thought, I need to go buy some crackers so that I've got the shell of them so I can put the tips in. And I saw Sainsbury's in front of me. But I thought, hang on a second. I know there's a Poundland next to there. So I've picked up some lovely crackers that probably won't work for a pound <laughs> from Poundland. A, so a pound for each cracker? No, I've got <laughs> six crackers here for a pound. Six crackers for a pound? And How do they do it and make a profit? And yeah. I've got some, well... After eight mints, that their own version, so they're called Midnights. Right. So we can have some after after eight mints afterwards, and these are only a pound. Oh, there you go. So Six you have after eight between eight and midnight, and then at midnight you have those Midnights. Is that the idea? Well, I think there's a, a market there for ten o'clock mints. Right, Tom, come on, you and me. Right, let's okay. do a cracker. Let's see what bang this makes. <laughs> <laughs> right, there we go. Let's try that again. Yay. Oh, that's better. Right, right. So I get. Oh, hang on. I've got a tight ass Tomo tip. It's fallen out of my cracker. Oh, fantastic! So yeah. let me let me read this one out for you. Actually, it's a. <laughs> this is a Christmas present that I bought. Well, that Mrs. B was lucky enough to get. Okay. So when TV shows are recorded, they need an audience, right? So someone I follow on Twitter, a chap called Les Collier, who is at Razor Television, is a TV cameraman. And he happened to tweet that tickets were on sale for the recording of Not Going Out, the comedy show with Lee Mack, uh, which happens to be a favourite of Mrs B. Very funny it is too. Yeah, so these tickets, I say on sale, they're actually free. You just have to get in quick to get them. So I managed to book two tickets for free, which became a present for Mrs B for Christmas. So she was delighted, didn't cost me a penny. Brilliant. And did you enjoy the recording? It was fantastic. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Lee Mack's a very, very funny man. Um, I just on that, this is not a tight ass Tomo tip, but you know, Strictly Come Dancing, hugely popular BBC show. Again, you can apply for tickets for that, and they are free. 
And on the radio uh, recently, I heard somebody being interviewed and they were actually on their way to the recording of Strictly Come Dancing on the Friday. And obviously it's recorded on the Saturday. And the interviewer said, oh, that's good. So you'll stay in the hotel tomorrow and you'll rock up there tomorrow at the studio. She said, no, 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 no. We'll queue overnight. <laughs> and so actually, despite the fact that they already had tickets... Apparently, they all the, the people road, that go, yeah, or they, they actually queue overnight at Elstree Studios right throughout the night, so they're at the front of the queue to get the better seats. Yeah. Wow. Hard, that was dedication. Hardcore. And I have to say as well, going back to my time as an actor back in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, when I was in an awful lot of sitcoms, actually, and, and uh, uh, performing a sitcom in front of a live studio audience, it, there is nothing, nothing to beat it. It's great because you have the combination of you are performing to the camera, you've got to know where to stand and where you should be looking and all of that stuff going on. But you've also got the benefit instant of a group reaction. of people in there, instant reaction. Yeah. And it is, abs- I mean, the, the, the tension is there and the buzz is there. It's, that's one of the things, one of the few things actually that I miss about that life. It was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. So there's two things, listeners. Anybody that's queued overnight and had a bit of a party while they're doing it for tickets or women, let us know. And anybody who's got a sitcom that David could act in, also, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be lovely. Thank you, Chris. That's your Christmas gift to me. Come on then, let's do a Christmas cracker, David. Let's see right. if we can get something out of this one. Oh, hey! a lovely crack. So, David, look, what's this on the floor? It's a tight ass Tomo tip. Uh, remarkable. <laughs> Given that he's bought these in Poundland <laughs> and brought them along, what were the odds on the being tight ass Tomo tip? I deconstructed them and I popped them in the cracker. I uh, promise that's exactly what's happening. And it just so happened that what I got was a story about myself. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. <laughs> right, let's see what we've got here. Aha. It's a Christmas tip from Chris Ankers, who is at Ankers43 on Twitter. And he suggests that we should try and plan having your children on Christmas Day. Surely it's cheaper as you can buy joint presents that would be cheaper than separate presents. Also makes Christmas Day their party, so you save on a party as well. <laughs> Isn't that great, Tim? Oh, that's, wow. that's fairly extreme, tight-ass Tomo, which, but it does make me wonder. It, the, the, the follow-on from that is obviously, do, do you think romantic hotel destinations are fully booked on the 25th of March each year? Oh, God, well, it <laughs> might be worth looking into it, yeah. Uh, actually, if any of you uh, were born on Christmas Day or have a child called Noel... <laughs> <laughs> Please Mrs. Do, Edmonds, we're looking at you. Yes, please do let us know if actually that was deliberate. I do wonder if some people yeah. perhaps deliberately go, oh, it'd be nice to have a Christmas baby. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I can see Titus Tomo's eyes glinting now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Toby was only born three weeks after Christmas, so there was a chance. I, 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 almost, almost. Come on, Tomo. You're right. Me. Here we go. Last cracker. Hey. Oh, that was all right, that one. Oh, another tip here. No, actually, this one is... A bit of a, a short story and something I'm very proud of. It seems as though Titas Tomo is spreading around, certainly around Ovation, as my colleague Tammy, who helps me out with the podcast, um, she came in very excited because we needed a Christmas tree for, for the office. And she came in beaming with happiness to tell me that she went to B&Q, got, got our tree, and uh, she said, you never guess what, Tom. I said, what, what, what? It had a 50% off. I got it for 20 quid. And I, I was so proud of that moment that she got as excited as I did, or I do, about saving money. How much was the Christmas tree? 20 quid. 
20 quid for a Christmas tree. Wow. That's not it's, bad, is it? No, it's pretty good. I paid 30 quid for mine. Yeah. Very nice tree, well, You though. need to get Tammy on the case. Yeah, I know, I know. I'll bear that in mind. For we, were worry, we were wondering about a new section called Tight Ass Tammy, but Tommy, this is your thing, mate. So yeah. we, we did decide to stick with Tight Ass Tommy at the end but of the But if she yeah. keeps coming up with gems like that, you yeah. know, I've got to watch my back. Excellent. Good work as ever, Tomo. So, Chris, you got a game we can play? Yeah, let's have a little game. So, as you know, uh, obviously, one of the things about Christmas is you get the family round and you play the same old games that you play every single year, right? When I was a kid, we had a, a game called Quotations, which we would play every single year. And after a few years, me and my brother, we always won because we knew all the cards off by heart. But my mum and dad had, had forgotten them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we always used to play charades. That's what we always used to do, or charades, depending on how you yeah. choose to pronounce it. Uh, that was always our big family game at Christmas. I, I still do. I love that game. Yeah, I know. I do. It's because it's kind of dead easy, really, yeah. and everyone can enter into it, and that's always a good game to play. Um, I, I won't tell you the whole story, but all I'll say is, in our household, the kids will never, ever, ever forget the year that Grandma had to do Free Willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is any board game... Usually after my mum has had about four or five glasses of wine on Christmas Day, it's hilarious to watch because she's just sort of in the corner going, whatever, whatever. Mm. (laughs) And then all of a sudden she gets competitive and is rubbish at the game and then sulks again. It's brilliant. It's a (laughs) Christmas tradition in our house. So there you go. So on that basis, we're going to play the same game that we played last year, which is based upon the game Sound Charades uh, from the radio show I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Oh, yes, I seem to recall I was quite good at this You were brilliant, David. You've got all three, so you've got a lot to stand up to. So what's going to happen is Tomo and I are going to act out a little playlet which is going to uh, be revealing the name of a film. All three of them are films this year. So what you have to do is you've got to listen to our little playlet and you have to tell us what film we are acting. Right, and just to reassure those listening at home or wherever you are listening, I've, I've got no prior knowledge of this at all. This is not Exactly. <laughs> no safety net. <laughs> I know. Listeners, obviously, you can have a go as well. To, to be clear, we're not acting out the film itself. We're doing a little playlet which will reveal the title of the film. So... Are you ready, Tomo? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so the first one, which is a film. Mike Gatting really was a great batsman, wasn't he? Oh, he was one of the best. When he retired, did you know he turns his hand to producing honey? Honey? Is that right? Oh, yes, indeed. One of Gat's insects, as one shows, up and down the country. Does he take it on tour, then? Oh, he does. People flock from far and wide to come and see him. It's quite amazing to see his name above the theatres. Come, everybody, they call. Come and see... Haven't got a clue. <laughs> we got him. We got, got him. The Great Gatsby. <laughs> oh, ashamed of yourself, Christopher Bud. Woo! Right, number two. Yes. Another film. Yep. Oh, I do love a good game of Monopoly at Christmas, don't you, Tomo? I do, but it's always frustrating playing with you because you buy up everything you land on, and I can never get a set. Well, let's do a deal then. I mean, that is the idea of Monopoly after all. What are you looking for? I've got Park Lane and I need Bond Street, which you've got. So we could just do a straight swap. What? No extra money involved? Nope. Just a simple swap, an exchange, if you will, of one property for another. You've got a deal. Uh, Is it house swap was it house share there was a film no, about holiday no no no, no, no. i should say all of these are money related ah well you didn't say that you should have said that earlier shouldn't you i still haven't got a clue though trading places uh... <laughs> <laughs> do you know i'm not, convinced, quite so happy this I'm not convinced that a discussion about a monopoly board is a we proper... were trading places 
It's you're swapping uh, one yeah. place for another trading place. You should have done something about fish. Then I would have understood <laughs> trading place. Right, okay, let's see if I can get the last one. Otherwise, this is an easy yeah. one. If you don't get this one, I will be very disappointed right, in you. I'm, I'm, apolog- I'm apologising in advance because apparently we've got to do Cockney accents for this. <laughs> all right, Abel, how are you doing, me old mucker? I'm all right, but why are you holding that stone? And why are you looking at me in that funny way? I reckon you've been oppressing me, Abel. I have not. Honest, Governor? Yes, you have. I'm feeling all oppressed. I feel like my rights have been impinged upon. Sorry, Abel, I won't do it again. Well, I've got a clue. Cain and Abel. Cain? Cain Toads. Cain. Cain something Cain. Cain the Cain Mutiny. The something Cain, the greatest film of all time. Uh, Michael Cain. <laughs> by the way, that, that that's definitely arguable. <laughs> no, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that is another podcast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. Oh, David. I think oh. no more sherry for David either. No, right. no, no. I'm sorry. I've had far too much eggnog, far too much sherry. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to this back to see if my Cockney accent was better than <laughs> Van Dyke's. Oh, were... <laughs> Lord Love a Duck, Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on, chaps. <laughs> right, so... I was rubbish at that this year. You were. Really, really rubbish. But yeah. I don't think the clues were as good. I, that's my... I, I take in, in personal defense. responsibility. Yeah. So if you thought it was rubbish, please uh, let us know via Twitter. <laughs> or if you got them all right and David was rubbish, also let us know. <laughs> OK, so let's go on and listen to your celebrity interview. The chat with Tim Elsenberg, uh, the singer and songwriter from Sweet Billy Pilgrim. Enjoy. Whilst we're going to eat these lovely mince pies that mm. Mrs Beers Yums. prepared for us. So, Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. No, my absolute pleasure. It's lovely to be here. Really appreciate it. Um, one of the things we try to do on the Financial Wellbeing podcast is get people to look at money and happiness. Um, yeah. But actually, in one way, we're also trying to get people to realise that you don't necessarily need money to achieve the things you want to achieve in life. And you're almost the embodiment of that in some ways, aren't you? Um, yes, yes, in many, many ways. Um, yeah, we've, uh, well, f- famously, everything we've we've done has been on, well, I think I'd call it a shoestring budget, um, a very short shoestring. And it's never really been about, you know, kind of making a profit or any of those things. And it's always been about, I guess, a conversation between us and the people who like what we do. And if we can find a way to make that work without actually losing money, then, you know, that's a, that's a massive plus. Happy days, yeah. Famously, your album that was nominated for the Mercury Prize, Twice Born Men, you made in your shed. How, did, how does that happen? How does that work? Well, it was the only space, really, where I could put my gear. And um, as it worked out, it was kind of the best way of working to have an actual space that wasn't my house you know where I could actually go and kind of be a part even if it was like 10 meters which it pretty much was down at the end of the garden um, just having somewhere to go and kind of separate the two worlds a little bit and at the time uh, I was working in a, a job as a maintenance man of all things doing kind of you know 12 14 hour days lots of driving and trying to fit the time in to actually you know do the thing that I loved was 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 really difficult to do so actually having a space I could go to you know um and kind of I guess view it as a job a little bit in a you know slightly more romantic way I guess really helped you know and it meant that I could go down the garden you know put aside two three hours um whenever I could manage it because I had a young family at the time as well yeah really really focus my time gave you discipline Um, 
yeah um and it was very good kind of you know being in the moment as a human being i'm generally sort of you know two weeks ahead or two weeks in the past worrying about things and and making music is uh, a place that i sort of go where i can lose myself and i can be in the moment and sometimes that's on stage sometimes that's recording but it's it's obviously a really important thing and um yeah just having limited time means that you focus on making the most of the time that's an interesting uh, contradiction potentially there i've spent a bit of time in recording studios my brother uh, was a sound engineer and very kindly um when the uh, room was free he let me and my mates go in and do some recording Mm -hmm. and you're really watching that clock and Mm -hmm. we could do anything but lose ourselves because they're so aware that this was a you know 500 quid a an hour recording studio and we had to make the most of it. So how do you yeah. have that, that limited amount of time and yet lose yourself? How do, how do you manage to achieve that? Well, it, it basically was overcoming that, that, that very problem. I think up until, I don't know, maybe I was 30, 35. I can't really remember when I first bought, you know, a, a laptop and the microphone. And, and I mean, it was all really kind of uh, low fi I mean, I, I bought basically one of those kind of uh, the first Apple laptops. I really like, you know, bricks and a really early version of Logic. And I was, you know, mixing with my hi-fi speakers and I had like one, um, you know, SM58 microphone, which is basically one you should only really use to sing through live. And, but it was like, it was kind of my Damascene moment. It was, it was, uh, my eyes kind of opened up to what was possible. And it was, and it was really because I was fed up of going to studios, looking at the red light, settling for stuff dealing with the you know the bullshit of you know engineers you know saying oh don't worry we'll fix it in the mix yeah forgetting um, to press record at the wrong moment stuff like that oh stuff like that i mean who'd do that eh? <laughs> um and uh, and kind of thinking well you know this is something i can do um so i was composing using the studio you know so like the chorus might be written on a guitar but the verse is you know written on a, a keyboard sound or basically found my i guess my creative voice and the moment that you got the news that you'd nominated for a Mercury Award, mm. I mean, that must have been absolutely amazing. Presumably we were some uh, great show club in London or something like that, were you? Uh, I think I was changing a toilet seat in Farnham. <laughs> it's weird how these things stick in your head. Um, yeah, I was, uh, so I was still, still working and I didn't even realise that we had submitted the album. So when my manager phoned me and said, you know, um, we've got the nomination, I was uh, surprised to say the least, despite, you know, n- not winning. I mean, I must admit that because the person who, who won speech well, that was the longest S in the history of my life <laughs> and the winner is and and then of course they've got the camera pointing at you to you know so that to watch you be disappointed yeah 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 and you've got to do that note that kind of you know that noble thing of you know smiling and clapping and inside you're dying but um but yeah it was uh, it was a, a a pretty massive surprise but it's kind of the wonderful thing about that award is that it's the outsider um so yeah it was wonderful but the thing is, uh, as a big fan of your music, it doesn't sound like it's recorded in a shed, which just kind of, you know, it sounds incredibly well produced to me, especially Motorcade Amnesiac, which I think is just the most brilliant album. Uh, the sound all the way through that is just just absolutely extraordinary and layered and so interesting. And yet, you know, you're, you're able to be doing it on, on a shoestring. I mean, I find that amazing. How do you do that? Well, I mean, you know, no, not only that, really. I mean, um, uh, kind of connected to this conversation as well is is just before we recorded that particular album, I basically had to sell all my guitars to pay the rent. So all I had was this Squire Strat, 
which you know anyone who plays guitar knows it's it's a sort of budget beginner's guitar um and you know not only was it that but it, i'd found it but i basically rescued it from a skip so it, it wasn't in the best of states but i recorded the whole album all the guitar parts with that that terrible strap so it was it was a labor of love and you know to be absolutely fair what we did and what we do generally speaking is i recall the whole thing and then you know we spend um what little money we have so we can have a day in a big studio listening to it on proper speakers with a, uh, a fresh set of ears like another engineer just so we can kind of you know weed out what's working and what what isn't but yeah by and large it is just um application and of course you you know, one has to remind ourselves that the whole of Please Please Me was recorded in one 12-hour recording session, wasn't it? The Beatles' first album. I know, whenever I hear that, I always feel slightly ashamed because basically <laughs> our, pro- our process is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> do you fancy going down that route? Um, do, do you know what? We, I, we, we had our uh, Sweet Billy Pilgrim uh, office uh, party last night, <laughs> um, which is why I can't do sentences today. Um, uh, and we were talking about that very thing. We really, really, you know, I think we've, we've done the kind of, you know, recording in a shed and recording in an attic and recording in a basement. And uh, um, and I'd really, really love to just sort of get a good bunch of musicians and record all the music, you know, in one, one fell swoop and do it that way and kind of trust other musicians and kind of let it go a bit. I'm not sure if I've got it in me to do another kind of, you know, <laughs> year on my own trying to get you know the sound together um so yeah it's i will see you mentioned the uh, pledge music uh, i mm-hmm. i helped fund your new album wop and tack yes thank is you that, is that yeah. pronounced correctly wop and tack uh yeah i mean i'm guessing if if you're going full norse it would be wop and tack oh, what but, does it mean uh it's it literally means weapon take and it was um basically sort of from um i guess uh around about the norman invasion that sort of time and uh so it would be a gathering a meeting um, but i think it where it originally came from was when a, a kind of leader he'd go around his region and with his spear and anyone who was willing to join him in war would touch the end of his spear with their spear um and that's how he gathered his army ready to go and fight uh, i mean i can kind of sum it up it's uh, it's a plea in these troubled times that you know where being right has become more important than being kind and you know i sort of tire of that a bit so it's it's basically that if i had to sum up the record it's come on everybody let's just be nicer to to each other (laughs) i think i would touch my weapon to that i think we could all get around that yeah exactly i find the um the idea of pledge music and of crowdfunding fascinating you've done things like gigs in the front room which i was so close to bidding for from you but um that must be quite a weird thing to do it it is and you know you kind of have to acknowledge that when you arrive in someone's house and it's often just the two of us or you know maybe you know maybe it's the four of us sometimes but we it's we're standing in front of their tv whilst they're sitting in their sofa in a brightly lit room and you see the look in their faces which is i didn't even think of this i didn't realize this is what it would be like there's no you know uh, anonymous audience member hiding in the dark kind of thing they it's quite confrontational i guess in some they have to react to you there and then don't they? yeah 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 and there's you know there's eye contact and so so we always make sure that we acknowledge this because we've done a few of these now without exception and i can say literally without exception they've all been lovely i mean we've done i don't know we've probably done 50 of them now because it's basically how we fund the records it's such a special 
exchange because there is no stage there is no kind of fourth wall there is no us lording it over the audience not that we ever do anyway you know they can stop us and go so what's that song about and how does that work and why did you do that and you know where did you compose that and and it becomes literally becomes a conversation but i i love the idea that it's a conversation anyway i mean any kind of performance that it's you know an exchange uh, of ideas and and emotion and all that rather than a, a kind of a performance in in the traditional sense and do they get so, all their neighbors to come around and granny and all yeah. that stuff oh god yeah 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 i mean we've done garden parties we you know we've done things where where people have you know basically had a huge party in their back garden and you know and they've got everybody around and there's a dj and um and, you know anything from that to just sort of playing to two people in their flat more members of the band than there are people in the room uh, but like i say it, it's never it's never touch wood gone wrong it's always been lovely part of the i guess honor for want of a better word of, of doing what we do is that people sort of weave you and what you do into their lives a little bit there's a couple of times i mean we've, we've had conversations on twitter you know when you you take the album and you're doing a long car journey and you pick five albums and you and you make it part of the journey and and that's that's not to be underestimated. That's that's a special thing. So when someone invites you to do a house gig and and they say when they're kind of introducing you to the audience that you know this was an album that we listened to through a tough time even like we had one where we played uh, someone's house and they were I think uh, um, the husband was in remission from cancer that you know it was our album that they'd been listening to through probably the hardest time in their life and so when we played those songs they cried we cried it's properly emotional and and it's and it is genuinely humbling to be kind of written into people's lives in that way i think um just just to finish off uh i'd love for people to feel inspired by this conversation and feel do you know what i shouldn't allow the lack of money to stop me from doing something i want to do yeah and yet you've got to make sacrifices haven't you yeah yeah there are i mean i haven't been on holiday for i don't know seven or eight years um Which means your and, family hasn't been on holiday presumably for seven years. yes yeah yeah it's so so there's there is a kind of balance to be kind of upheld but at the same time you know i guess my kids have grown up watching me i guess struggle sometimes but also do the thing that i love and try to do it as best i can and you know i'd like to think that as uh, as an example that I've said to them that, that it's a good one that you know that it's not about amassing as much money as we can and kind of and there there are obviously things that they've missed out on as well you know I'd love it if they'd been kind of better traveled in their lives and seen a bit of the world but hopefully they can go out into the world kind of you know with a feeling of of that's a thing I love that's the thing I want to do I'm gonna find out how I can do that I mean my son he's studying film um, and you know, if ever there was another industry in which you're <laughs> almost guaranteed to make no money, <laughs> unless you're very lucky, that's probably it. But I, I couldn't do anything but encourage him to do the thing he loved at university. Vocation be damned. Just pick a thing you love, study it, and do it as 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 much as you can. And and hopefully, if you learn enough and get good, uh, people will notice. And to be honest, they will notice. Now, if you put it out there, I mean, you know, it might be a hundred people, but if one person can extract meaning and value from what you do, then you've kind of won. Yeah. Well, what a great, what a great note to finish on Tim. Uh, I love your music. You keep making it mate. And it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, maybe next fund, crowdfunding, um, we'll get you around our front room as well. Brilliant. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Pleasure. Happy Christmas. Fantastic stuff. 
really great. Once again, it's been a fantastic year. I talked earlier about a year of up and downs, but the one thing that's been consistently good has been these podcasts. It's been a pleasure to spend the year with you chaps. It's been lovely to get together at Christmas. A very happy Christmas to you all and to all of our listeners indeed. So um, (laughs) please, (laughs) happy new year and all of that stuff. (laughs) Join us next year for another one in our fascinating series (laughs) of Financial Wellbeing Podcasts. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Happy New New Year.
Notified of upcoming podcasts, make sure you click the subscribe button. For more information on the topics discussed in today's podcast and to purchase a copy of the Financial Wellbeing book, please visit www.financialwell-being.co.uk. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on financial well-being. You can send us an email at contact at financialwell-being.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at FinWellbeing. Chris is Ovation Chris, and David is at Dave underscore Backwell. This has been an Ovation Finance production. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast. More interesting than you might think.